Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you very much for tuning in to yet another episode of Confessions of a Clown. I've got a very interesting guest today, but not so special. I'm just kidding. I tell that to everybody, but... <laughs> Um, and your name is? My name is Kitty. Kitty, Kitty, Kitty. So with Kitty, um, I ended up meeting her at uh, Gracie's, this bar downtown. I don't know, again, I don't know why I'm so nervous because I don't know you and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I'm treading on like territories that I'm not like, you know. Anyways. Don't worry. There's literally nothing you can say that would offend me. So. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I'm not that kind of white person. <laughs> <laughs> so... We met at Gracie's, and uh, I don't know, we just ended up talking out of nowhere. We were sitting in the same booth, and I just found you very interesting, just the way that you were talking. And I was like, hmm, okay, I need to have her on my podcast. So, um, yeah, so now you're here, and I'm pretty stoked about it. So uh, let's go ahead and get started, man. I, I want to know, and I always tell this to everybody, mm. from like ground zero, from like the first day... Not from you were born, but mm. why you are who you are and how you be, how you came to this point in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, it starts off with the fact that I'm retarded as fuck, mad <laughs> autistic. Only learned that during the pandemic, though. So I've only really? known that for like maybe like a year and a half. But now it like makes all of my childhood make sense. Yeah. Because like when I was a kid, I didn't talk until I was five. Not because I couldn't talk. I just wouldn't talk. I just wouldn't talk. And then I started school. And I, my mom always says, once I started school, I started talking. And then I never shut up again. Um, but, like, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's just, like, as a kid, because I didn't fit in quite right, I was yeah. always, like, absorbing like absorbing what was everyone else was doing and kind of, like, picking up on, like, social cues and everything like okay. that. So I feel like it, like, my first, like, solid, like, 12 years of life and stuff was just kind of, like, learning how to fit in and uh. how to pick up on, like, other people and, like, what's, like, socially acceptable and then, like, high school, for the most part, I, like, fit in, like, kind of like a normie. Uh, and then I hit college, and I was like, ah, fuck that shit. That's not who I am. And then now <laughs> I am who I am today. That's really yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all go through that when we're younger. I mean, it, especially me. I have mentioned this before. I moved here from California, and I was just, like, quiet. Whereas when I was in my own, like, uh, you know, my own territory, I guess, where I grew up, I was, like, very loud and obnoxious. And uh, so I feel you on that. So you had kind of like Asperger's then when you were a kid, right? Like, yeah. Uh -huh. Just like socially <laughs> retarded. You're like, uh, oh, I'm not for talking sure. to anybody. Yeah. So when you hit like college years, how was that for you? I was, well, I started college at 17. <clears throat> so I was very young. I moved out when I was 17 in okay. with my best friend who was 27. And so all of my friends when I started college were around 10 to 15 years older than me. Uh -huh, okay. I didn't hang out with college students. Because I, I got a fake ID when I was 15 in high school. So I, like, would go out to, like, frat parties and stuff yeah. with, like, all my friends. Because all my friends were older. So, like, I kind of went through that very early on and, like, kind of yeah. got out of my system. And I realized that just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, the Greek life and everything. I just don't really vibe with it. Um, but then moving in with someone who's, like, literally a decade older than me, it kind of, wow. like made me realize if I wanted to be, like, friends with her friends, mm -hmm. I had to, like, seriously, like, pick it up and not act like a fucking 17-year-old. Yeah. And I'll say it necessarily matured me because I feel like maturity is, like, not quite the right word for it, but, yeah. like, it definitely, like, I don't know, made me realize a lot of, like, what it takes to fit in in society and, like, to find your people in particular. Yeah. yeah. So you definitely found your crowd right off the oh, bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and do you still, like, associate yourself with these people from college? Oh, uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. We're all still pretty close, yeah. That's mm -hmm. cool. And, like, what kind of stuff did you guys get into when you were younger? Because, I mean, 
you're 17. They're like, what, 27, 30? Yeah. So what kind of stuff did you get into with them? Uh, so my roommate, uh, their brother, he worked at a bar in Old Town, a mm. rock bar, and he was also in like a heavy metal type band. And so we'd go to his concerts all the time, get free drinks at his bar, just like hang out in Old Town for the most part. Um, just because, you know, we were getting free drinks and people yeah. knew us there and everything. Um, and it was always really funny because his brother, their brother never believed that we were roommates yeah. <laughs> and thought we were dating the entire time. So every time we'd go out, he'd always like give me extra stuff for free. Cause he was like, well, you know, you're my sister's roommate. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah. We're roommates. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, it was always, it was always very interesting. Um, but like I always had to have like a shtick on cause the yeah. AZ IDs are really hard to fake. Mm. Um, so I had one from Pennsylvania. So I had to like really get in on like being from the East coast, despite yeah. the fact that like, I was born and raised here in Phoenix. I've okay. lived here my entire life. Um, like, I've visited the East Coast before, but, like, my uh, fake ID was from uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Never been there in my entire life. But I learned so much about it. I knew what year I graduated, what high school I went to, the oh, high wow. school mascot. Like, I knew the name of, like, a couple parks and stuff yeah. in the neighborhood. Like, I knew neighborhood names and everything. So whenever people would question me on it, I was on it so quick. And it's funny because... I never got, like, seriously questioned with my fake ID. I never got caught with it. I literally took it to, like, Vegas. I took it to, like, dispensaries in California. It scanned and everything, and I never got in trouble with it. But then when I turned 21 and got my Arizona driver's license, I constantly got questioned on it. And I wasn't going to the same places. Like, questioned about your Arizona ID? Yeah, and it wasn't even like I was going to the same places, and they're like, oh, you were 27, now you're 21. Like, what the fuck is up? (laughs) It was like, because the AZ IDs, are they're they're flimsy as fuck. Like, they feel like they're fake, especially when you go to, like, California, like, Colorado, places like that that I was going all the time. They're Uh like, this shit seems fake. They're they're new ones, right? Yeah. Mm Because I got mine back in, like, 2000... Wait, 2010 or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So they're a lot, the horizontal ones, they're mm-hmm. a lot different, yeah. but they're now a little bit cheaper. I've yeah. never even seen them. Oh, yeah. The new ones are cheap as fuck. They feel like a fucking like business card type. <laughs> like, it's stupid. They My, bend so easily. Oh, man. Mine doesn't expire until like 2054. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I got the same thing with you, right? Or like yeah. 2090 or something where, because yeah, you're like way that. younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, how was like, how was home life for you? Like, being brought up, what kind of parents did you have? Uh, well, technically speaking, I was an accident. Really? As my, my parents really wanted kids. As a lot of us are, though. Yeah. Um, but they hit, like, my mom hit 35. It just didn't happen. They thought she uh. was infertile. They, like, they tried, like, uh, some of the, like, not in vitro, but, like, some of the other stuff that you can do for a while. It just didn't work. So they just kind of, like, gave up on it. Yeah. And they just started raw-dogging it, you know? Suddenly my mom <laughs> turns 40. Guess what happens? Bitch gets pregnant. <laughs> wow. So my parents had me when my mom was 40 and my dad was 42. So they've already lived like a full life. Uh-huh. Like they've been through like everything fun that they've ever wanted to do for the most part. And then suddenly they get hit with like this kid who, and I was a weird ass fucking so kid. So you had some boring ass parents then, huh? Uh, for the most part. I mean, my dad, he like, he was in the army national guard. He was mm-hmm. like an engineer. So um, they're responsible because my parents mm-hmm. had me when I was like 16, 17 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the Mexican stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like growing up my parents were the same age as almost all my friends grandparents okay so it's just like there's a two generation divide between me and my parents so it's just like I don't know we were never close growing up Uh like but I also I grew up on like the old stuff like when I was growing up I exclusively listened to like 70s and 80s music like I knew nothing current until I got to like high school and started like going out with like friends and stuff um, so people would always call me like an old soul and I'm like, eh, it's just cause my parents were old and that's all <laughs> I hung out with. And I'm also an only child. So that'll yeah. do it, man. Mm-hmm. Because you know, 
growing up, I was like considered like or being told that I was an old soul too. But it's just because my parents they, they were into the older stuff too, you know, mm-hmm. because of their upbringing or whatever. But you know, I'm like as you see, like I have like I don't know, I like cool like weird like vintage stuff or yeah. you know like i'm into the old stuff too it's a very like them. funky vibe and i it vibe is, with that man. Yeah. i've always been a funky kind of person i love the since, funk it's since good. i was you know like those red hot vibes you know yeah. like, that's john for <laughs> up mm-hmm. there you know oh nice yeah. but um yeah man so that's cool so you know with your parents are, are they still around uh, yeah, they are. Um, I like to say uh, they are one of the couples that should have gotten divorced but didn't. Uh, uh, my mom's never worked a job in her life. Really? Um, so my dad's been like the main provider totally. Um, but so just because of that, I don't know, she couldn't really leave without yeah. my dad giving up half of everything. Mm-hmm. And like he'd rather have, you know, some control over everything. You oh, okay. Know? So was your mom into like any type of drugs or drinking? Nope, my mom was straight edge as fuck. Really? Uh, super, yeah. No, she never did, like, anything crazy, never really went out. She went to, like, did a study abroad in Italy and, like, barely even drank, like, never smoked, never done drugs. Um, and uh, But when she had me, uh, because, like, being 40 and getting yeah. pregnant, it can, like, fuck up your body majorly. Okay. So, like, I triggered menopause in her. I, like, induced, like, severe migraines. So yeah. when I was growing up, my mom was, like, I guess sick for the most part, as I like say it, yeah. just because like she was bedridden for the most part, just because like migraines and stuff, like she just couldn't handle like the lighting and sounds and everything. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. So now you're a complete opposite from what like your mom, from what I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how did you like kind of like? I guess because I'm I'm looking at you right now, and you know I, I'm seeing your mom. She's like Betty Crocker type, like stay at home kind of like vibes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, total what, baker, chef, like <laughs> everything. She's a total stay at mom stereotype. What what drove you to to take on this lifestyle, or like the way that you dress and the way that you hold yourself? Um, well, I think it was the part like part of the it was part of the fact that like. I was never close with my parents, so we mm. never had, like, a serious, like, relationship where, like, we would do like a lot of stuff together. Yeah. And it also, like, my parents moved out here from Arizona, from North Dakota, mm-hmm. and we're the only family that lives here. It's just me and my parents and, oh. like, the only family that, like, I've ever really grown up with. Like, we'd visit, like, North Dakota maybe, like, every other year or so for a while, so I never knew any of my extended family whatsoever. Um, so it was very much just, like, just me and my parents, and especially, like, Despite the fact that, like, my mom's kind of absent from being sick and stuff, she was an incredibly cunty woman and was uh, Mm -hmm. very overbearing, like a helicopter mom, I like to say. Um, Like, I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. No one could sleep over at our place. I had to be home by, like, 8. Like, I didn't get a phone until um, I hit high school because, like, I needed one at that point in time, you know? Um, And, like... uh, But also because of the fact that, like, my parents were so much older and we did have a computer at the house... I saw a lot of shit online at a very young age that I also okay. feel like rapidly aged me because I had total <laughs> unfiltered access to the internet. Was it a laptop or desktop? Uh, it was a desktop. Oh, okay. And like, I was the one that knew how to work it. So whenever my parents like need help with whatever, <laughs> they're, they're like, oh my God, come like, help me figure this out. And I'm like, oh yeah, I got you. Don't worry. Like, I know what's going on. Are they boomers? Are they considered boomers? Yeah, they're too? boomers. Oh wow. Yeah. What? Cause they were born, uh, my dad was born 62. in 60. Uh, 60 and then my mom's 61. Wow. Yeah. Dang. My parents are like 71. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. I'm only like 18 mm-hmm. years apart from my parents, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. That's a trip, dude. Like, I, I don't know, man. Having, well, 
My parents have a, a four-year-old right now, and they're 51, oh, wow, 50. Okay. Yeah. So I can only imagine that he's going to probably wearing the same stuff that you're wearing right now and, like, going out, being adventurous and stuff. I'm just mm. kidding. But, like, <laughs> that's crazy, though. Well, I mean, I'm still part of his life, so I'm mm. like, hey, yo, you got to, you know, tame that shit now. Yeah. You know? I mean, he, if he wants to let his free flag fly, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. But that's yeah. crazy. Mm. That's cool. So you say you graduated at 17. Mm-hmm. Like, were you just, like, that smart? Were your parents, uh, like... No. So, uh, they have, like, a weird thing here in Arizona with birthday cutoffs. Ah. And, uh, so either I would have been young for my grade or old for my grade because my birthday's August 29th, and the yeah. cutoff is, like, August, like, 15th or something. So, technically, I should have been, like, waiting a year. But, like I said, my mom's a major cunt, so she just convinced the school board to let me in wow. early. Um, so I was always just young for my grade. So I never skipped grade or nothing. Oh, like, okay. I, I just, like, yeah. <laughs> oh God, no, I <laughs> failed high school. Like I graduated <laughs> with like a 1.75 GPA. I shouldn't have graduated high school. I think I was the same way too. <laughs> I, when I, I never told uh, many people, but I would, I should have graduated like in 2008, mm-hmm. but I graduated in 2009, entering 2010, mm-hmm. uh, only because, uh, I was a dumbass, man. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I was. I don't know, man. Like, I think it was like first grade was when I was like, I'm really going to take this school shit seriously. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're like, hey, what is this? And I think it was like a tomato or something. You know, like when you're first grade stuff, you know, like, what is this? I'm like, that's a potato. And then some kids like, you're a dumbass. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fuck school. And then like at first grade, I literally got like I got kicked out of school because I was like always in like doing like food fights. I was always Mm -hmm. screaming at the Mm -hmm. teachers and like always in like the principal's office. But it's crazy because like my principal used to be like, you see this paddle? We used to use this on kids just barely 10 years ago. You just missed it, kid. I'm fucking beating the Mm -hmm. shit out of you right now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's crazy. So Mm -hmm. then like after you graduate, what made you want to go to college? Uh, I don't know. I, I felt like because I did so horribly in high school that I wanted to do college and do well at it to like prove to people that like I wasn't fucking stupid, that like I could do it. Um, but like I didn't get accepted to the university, like not even ASU. Like I got denied. So you went community? Yeah. So I went to community college and ASU's acceptance rate is like 99% (laughs) and I'm from fucking Tempe, grew up in ASU, took classes at ASU when I was in high school, still didn't get admitted. (laughs) Where'd you go? Like Real Salon or something like that? I went to Mesa Community College. Mesa? Yeah. uh Um, And I spent three years there. Um, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to be in college. And my parents were willing to, like, help support me as long as I was in college. Yeah. Um, Like, pay for my classes and my apartment and stuff. But I still had to get a job to pay for, like, you know, food and everything else. But, um... I took classes in like literally every single field imaginable. So when I graduated or left um, MCC with like my associates and whatever, I already had over a hundred credits because I just took so many classes. Um, But when I was at the community college, I also did two summer study abroads to Mm -hmm. Europe. Um, what was that like, dude? <laughs> it was very interesting because my first one, I was 18. I went to Ireland and I was living in this small little town, dead smack dab in the middle of Ireland called Atlone. Okay. Like max population was maybe like 15, 20,000 like people, but it was way spread out. And uh, where we were staying for our like dorms and stuff and everything was a half hour walk into town. 
and I'm 18. You know, my parents gave me like a grand and they're like, make it last for a month and a half. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Did you though? Like, what, how do they, how do you pay for, is it shillings out there? What is it? Um, or pounds? No, pounds is in uh, England. Um, uh, they have the euro in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the exchange cool. rate was also shit. So like I was losing money on everything that I paid for. Um, but like I was a very sociable person. So I just like made friends in like uh, the corner store. Shit. Yeah. They, they have a corner well, like, store, like Circle K? Yeah. There's like a, like, it's like a quick shop or something like that. Um, but there was a little corner store and it had a deli in it. And I became really good friends with the guy who worked at the deli. And so uh, he would always give me like free chips and a drink with my sandwich. So like I was able to get like full meals for like really cheap and like only be paying like three euros for like the actual sandwich itself oh, and then getting you know the rest of it for free and you know being an american i also like got all my drinks paid for because they were always fascinated by that yeah no definitely yeah no it was always it was always very interesting but like uh I don't know. It was like my, uh, I arrived a day before like the rest of our group came in. And so mm-hmm. I went out that first night with the only other girl who was there, just like the two of us. We walked a half hour into town alone at 18, went to the one club that there was, really? um, had an absolute blast, met these two, um, lesbian Irish chicks who were like super mega, like feminists and stuff. And they were like super in like the empowerment movement and everything. Um, this one girl, I'll never forget her name, Sonia, the most Oh, disgusting teeth in the universe just like absolute <laughs> dog shit and that's an unfortunate stereotype of like people out there but like the really? dental system is like awful yeah. um but like she was super cool um she ends up coming back uh to our place uh with me and i'm chilling in bed with her we're about to get like a little freaky it's my first night in ireland mind you and the other girl that i'm with she like knocks on my door and she's like uh, can I sleep with you guys? I'm scared to sleep alone because, like, it's my first time out of the country. And I was like, <laughs> Emma, you fucking bitch. You just cock-blocked me my first fucking night here that I picked up, like, an Irish chick. Yeah. And so she crawls into bed with us. And I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, you sh- you um, should have taken advantage of both of them then. Ah, uh, nah. Emma was not the... Emma was a crazy bitch. Yeah. Um, was this, like, your first experience with, like, other women at this age? Or uh, you- no. Um, so when I was in high school... Um, I like, I don't know, guys weren't into me. I was like such a tomboy. I was like yeah. super dykey. I shaved my head sophomore year. Um, and I was also overweight. So I just like was not. I and, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I and I wasn't, I hadn't really like <laughs> fully developed my personality yet to like where it is today. Yeah. So I wasn't quite as personable quite yet. Um, and so guys just weren't into me. So I convinced myself that like I was a total lesbo because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, girls are into me. So like, you know, I'm super into girls and I do. I do like girls, but like yeah. I'm consider myself pansexual now. Like I'm into everyone. Um, but like uh, my two relationships in high school with, with women um, and it was very, very fun, very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah. And then when I went over to Europe, you know, picked up a girl my first night. And then the second night, the rest of our group shows up and they're like, oh my God, you guys have already been out. Take us out to the places. <laughs> and I was like, I've only been out one night. Yeah. Like, I don't know the places, but sure, let's go back to the same places I've been to. And that night, I run into a pair of Irish twins and I get roofied my second night in no Ireland. Way, yeah. <laughs> and so, what? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that they took advantage because you got roofied or? Uh, no, luckily, um, one of the girls I was with, uh, who was like part of our like study abroad program, she was like six, four, like two seventy. Was she black? Uh, no, she was Latina. Uh, yeah, and she had she, a black dad or something like that. <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, her uh, mom was white and dad was uh, from Mexico. What? Um, and she was just like, 
she like she could see me like one of them was holding on to my wrist and she could see me like trying to like get away and like wobbling and I had flat shoes on like yeah. I had like a pair of like slip on vans or whatever so she's like this doesn't this doesn't make sense we'd only been out yeah. for a couple hours so like there's no reason for me to be stumbling like that but this was also the first day this girl knew me but she picked up immediately like something is not right and she came over and you know she grabbed me and like got him off of me and he was like oh what the fuck are you doing and she's like this is my little sister even though obviously we did yeah. not look related and she was like this is my little sister yeah. Like, get the fuck off of her. She, like, pulls me out. We go outside. Um, and she's, like, sitting me down on the curb, like, trying to ask me, like, what's going on. I don't remember any of this, mind yeah. you, because, like, at this point, it's, like, hit me. You're blacked out. Uh, yeah. Oh, totally. Um, but, like, uh, I guess a couple of, like, cops came up to us and was, like, oh, is, like, she okay? Like, what's going on? And I guess the cops, like, drove us back to our place because it was, like, a 30-minute walk. And they were, like, oh, you're not walking her home and, like, yeah. whatever, you know? Um, and since it was such a small, sta- small town, there were like very few cabs. So it's like, we would have been waiting probably like an hour for a cab. Jeez, um, but like we get back to our place. Um, and it turns out one of the other girls we were with left her phone at the club. Um, so I don't remember any of this, but like, apparently they like took all, all of our phones, um, these three girls and we're just dialing every single cabbie, um, to be like, Hey, can you take us into the club? Like, so that we can like look for a phone. Like we don't want to get lost. Like they were calling up every club and every bar, just like yeah. Have you found her phone, like whatever. Um, as I'm just like laying in bed, just fucking like out of it, like a fucking light. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I got very, very lucky that like nothing happened to me. Um, and I'm still really good friends, uh, with, uh, that girl. And then, uh, one of the other girls on that trip, just like we became really tight and yeah. just like going through something like that, especially like having someone be so protective of you after only knowing them for a day, which like it should be girl code to begin with. But like, yeah. there was no reason that she had to like step in like that. You know, we didn't ah, really know each cool other, it, but like, you know, she knew what was up and, uh, yeah. So I got very lucky with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. I wish I had, I always like wanted like that college experience because I saw it in movies and shit mm-hmm. like I always thought like oh that's I can't reach that point like I never I I barely went through high school like I took like the exit exam but I was mm-hmm. I knew I felt it because I didn't even do like half of it I was just drawing on it and shit yeah. and then so when they called me up and they're like yo you're graduating and I also went to like one of those continuations like those uh charter schools oh shit so they they were like dude like poor dude like Mm -hmm. let's just get him the fuck out of here already well that's what happened to me so i was uh i was considered a gifted kid growing up turns out it's because i was autistic (laughs) i wasn't gifted i should have been put in the fucking special ed classes but no they put me in the gifted class i think part of it was my mom was just like she's not fucking special ed um but like so i was part of like the gifted program so when i went to high school i got accepted into like uh the peggy Payne academy it was at a school out in tempe where it was like for like the super smart kids or like whatever um, and they had a hundred percent graduation rate in the like academy portion of the school. So when I was failing my senior year, um, the advisor like sat me down and she was like, uh, you're not, not graduating. <laughs> and I was like, but there's no way I should be graduating. Yeah. Um, especially because my senior year I had like 275 absences Damn. and I wasn't even taking a full schedule That's the of classes. Whole school year. Yeah. Like I was just, I was skipping out on like almost all of my classes. I was turning nothing in. Like I was never there. And why, she, why did you skip school? Why, why didn't you have a good relationship with school? Um, I don't know. It was one of those things. Did that, you also feel dumb? Well, yeah, I also felt dumb, um, and especially because, like, uh, I always struggled with, like, spelling, and that was something that, like, always uh, really, like, 
just because English was my best subject, but yeah. I couldn't spell for the life of me. Turns out I'm dyslexic, but like I just I could never get it like down. It was one of all those one of those things that just like always like made me feel bad about myself because yeah. it was like I was great at writing, I was great at reading, I was super like into like books and like literature and everything like that, but I just couldn't fucking spell for the life of me, mm-hmm. and so it just made me like hate that part of education, especially because like I just math didn't click for me the way yeah. that they taught math in high school just didn't work for me, and so I just struggled through those classes a lot. Um, and I never really had a teacher that kind of like pulled me to the side and was like, what's going on? Like why? I think that's what makes a huge difference mm, in school because I've always like tried. I'm like, you know, I'm going to try, but then, you know, teachers are like, oh, you're just a, you know, how they say cry wolf. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're not going to really fucking pay attention. I'm like, dude, yeah, seriously, Mm -hmm. I am. And I'd put in the effort. They still didn't really Mm -hmm. care. And I was like, man, fuck this shit. You know? Well, yeah. I feel the pain though, Mm -hmm. because I'm the same way too. Like I was, I loved writing. Mm -hmm. I had like a really, you know. I had a good imagination for mm-hmm. things, you know. I was like, I wanted to write stories and stuff, but I was like, I suck at grammar, yeah. I suck at English and all that stuff. And it's just because I didn't really pay attention that much mm-hmm. at school. I was yeah. just like, I was feeling down. I was yeah. like, and that's why I, I grad, I didn't graduate. Sorry, mm-hmm. blah, dropped out. Yeah. I dropped out of high school my junior year, mm-hmm. and then my mom was just like, "You're never gonna find a job, this and that." Mm-hmm. And I just, I went back to school and I graduated because of my mom. I was yeah. like, I wanted to give her her, you know, the diploma this is for her it's not really for me yeah. so i went back and i graduated but i was like i think 19 when i graduated mm-hmm. so really sucked dude. yeah i hated school oh, I, yeah. just the thought of it i i have dreams about going mm-hmm. back to school yeah in this in this age right now 32 years old and i'm trying to like look for my class i'm like where's my class at i'm like dude what am i doing i have a daughter like yeah. i'm supposed to be working i'm not mm-hmm. supposed to be at school in high school so I still have dreams about it, dude. Yeah. Like, really fucked with my head. Yeah. No, but. I know. And, like, school's also difficult for me because, like, I have ADHD. And I got tested for it. Like, at the school, they tested me for it. And it came back positive. But my mom, like, I don't know why, just refused to admit that I had it. And she's yeah. like, that's bullshit. They're just trying to, like, get you hooked on medication. Like, they're just trying to, like, you know, just they're telling every kid that they have that. Um, so like, you know, I just couldn't pay attention in classes. Like I was always like fidgeting. I got kicked out of class constantly. Cause like, I'd be talking to other students just because I couldn't focus on what was going on yeah. and like stuff like that. And so that just also didn't help like being in school like that and whatnot. Um, but, and then I also just didn't care because I was get passing through all my classes, despite the fact that I was actually failing because they <laughs> didn't want me to fail. And I'm yeah. like, why do I have any incentive to like put effort in if I'm still going to pass without yeah. putting any work in? And especially like. I think it hit me my sophomore year of high school in particular. I had a chemistry teacher who, um, which is really funny because I teach chemistry now, but I failed chemistry like straight up. And she was the first teacher that ever told me, she was like, uh, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, oh, I want to be a teacher like one day. And she was like, maybe you should rethink that. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a part of me that like wants to go back to high school and just fucking like rub it in her face. Like, look at me now. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, but like, I don't know. It was one of those things that just like, really hit me and I was like damn this is like an adult like teacher like yeah. you know two years in high school who's like giving me like what I felt like was a reality check so yeah. I was like I don't know I just don't care anymore one of my teachers said that I was gonna end up uh managing a restaurant mm-hmm. and I was like really dude like that's that's the bar that's set for me like yeah. that's what you really think mm-hmm. so I'm like I'd never managed one but my first job was McDonald's so mm-hmm. you know yeah. she was pretty <laughs> right but so you one of the most interesting things that you told me about about yourself when we first met was that you were a teacher and yeah. I'm like, you do not look like a teacher, especially like the way that you had your eye makeup on like that day. I was like, there's no fucking way dude but yeah. and then that you told me that you were eventually gonna leave it so mm-hmm. 
I want to get into that because that's what drew me to you, like right off the bat. I was like, okay, I need to know more about this shit. So, yeah. let's start off from how, like, what interests you? What, why you wanted to teach? Um, so uh, I think just struggling in school so much, a lot of like, you know, just the system, the way it was set up, was not working for me. A lot of the teachers just didn't care, um, and especially because like uh, my junior and senior year in particular, most of the high school teachers I had actively didn't want to be teachers. Yeah. But it was like the position that they were in, and they'd been there long enough that like they were getting good enough benefits that they're like, oh, I'm not going to leave at this point in time. And uh, my uh, biology teacher, my senior year, was like three years away from retirement and she would actively tell us she was like I'm about to retire so I don't really care if I really teach you this stuff because like it's not going to reflect on me they can't fire me <laughs> like I'm about to leave anyway it was just like one of those things where it's just like god like you know teaching interests me and like um when I did understand stuff that was going on I would help out like my other like students and stuff like that especially mm-hmm. when it came to like reading and writing and stuff like that because I was really good at it and so it just like kind of made me like want to like reset the system like myself and be like one of those teachers okay. who like could like you want to get actually it. make a difference yeah kind of like especially because I struggled so much with it like growing up that it was like I get how difficult it is to be in like high school and to like not be able to like fit into like the way that like education is based primarily you know especially if like you don't learn a particular way yeah they don't adapt for you in most cases especially in lower edge or uh, under like under college education, you know, um, so it just kind of like made me interested in like being able to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, starting out at community college, I didn't know what I wanted to teach and I figured I'd teach something that was like a liberal arts type just because that's always what I did well at the best. And like, I did awful in science and math and everything in high school. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Um, but I did super, super well. I made the Dean's list my second semester of a community college. Um, like I was in like part of the arterns program and everything. And like, I was doing just really well. Like I was getting straight A's out of 4.0. Um, I was able to do like all of my tests, I could like take them and get like almost a hundreds without studying. Like it just, it was finally clicking for yeah, me, yeah. just like education, and everything like that. And I was like, damn, like I well, got you this. Drive now. Yeah. Like yeah. finally, you know, I had like a purpose to it, especially like, you know, not living with my parents anymore. I had less pressure from them to like, you know, do well and like everything like that. And, you know, I was on my own finally. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I started doing uh, a lot more like stuff at school. Like I got involved in like clubs and stuff like that. Um, but I very quickly got bored of the classes I was in. I was yeah. a history and philosophy major and I really liked it. Um, cause I thought it was interesting stuff. Like I love history and I just think it's like super interesting to know that stuff and like to be able to like connect the lines of like how stuff happened throughout time. But at the same time I was like, this is just something that like interests me. Like it's yeah. not like, this is not something I could do for the rest of my life. Um, and because I had done so horribly in math and science in high school, I like, kind of out of like spite or whatever was like I'm gonna take a semester of only math and science you want to take a challenge I want to challenge myself and so like um I'd been working at the mall up uh my first two and a half years at community college um just because like you know I needed to be able to have like Mm -hmm. some income to do stuff I go to like conventions and stuff like do like cosplay and like events like that so like you know I needed like income to be able to like do that because it's an expensive hobby Um, but when I like finally decided to take all these math and science classes, I was taking 18 credits, which is like the max you could take community college. And I like approached my parents and I was like, Hey, you know how I like literally failed high school and like, didn't even get accepted to ASU. Look how well I've done at community college so far. Give me like a small chunk of money so I don't have to work for one semester and I can just go in school and let me prove that I can do this. And like, 
you know, get to the point of being able to go to like the university and everything like that. And then, you know, I'll start working again, but like, just give me this chance to focus exclusively on school because I never did that in high school when I didn't have to work. Um, and you know, uh, uh, my mom was very reluctant at first cause she was like, Oh, just finish up what you're doing right now. Like you yeah. obviously didn't do well in high school. Like we don't want you to like waste like the time they and money. See, they didn't see though that you were already doing great. Like, like I mean they did. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's just my mom in particular, like, you know, she went to college, but like she was an art major. I'm okay. um, like, so she spent six years in college just doing art for fun. And, you know, she like, she's never had a job, so she's never had to yeah. like work and whatever. And I was ah. just like, you know, by the time I was about to graduate community college, I had worked more jobs and made more money than she's ever made in her entire life at the age of 19, you know? And so it was just like one of those things where she just could not connect on that level with me of understanding that, okay. you know? Um, my dad, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess he just like saw in me like that I had the, you know, I had the passion. I put the work in. I like made the effort. Like I got scholarships and stuff at the community college. So I was able to help pay for it and everything. Um, and he saw how hard I was like working also at the mall, like bringing in so much income that I could support like traveling and stuff with my friends mm-hmm. and not like not have to ask for like anything from my parents. Um and so, you know, he kind of took the chance and was like, sure, all right, like, we'll give you um, essentially, like, what I made at the mall. They gave me that for, like, the semester just so, like, you know, I'd have had at least, like, the same level of comfort and whatnot. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did uh, really, really well in those classes. I ended up loving them. Um, I did super well. All of a sudden, math clicked for me, and it made what? so much sense. Like, calculus is my favorite subject in the entire universe. I love calculus. Um, I think it's so fun. Um, I was actually a math major. Well, well, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Mm-hmm. When did yeah. you, like, come to the point where you're like, okay, like this is working for me now. Now I'm finally able to understand what's going on here when it comes to math because mm-hmm. there was a moment when I did when, I, when mm-hmm. I was in high school and I was like, oh, shit, this is actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I just, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just the drive, but mm-hmm. when, when did it click for you? Uh, I had a professor at MCC in particular, David Schultz, um, who I will never forget him. Uh, and he, the way he taught is, at the when I was kind of in it at the moment, he had us do a project for every single chapter that was like relating what we were learning to the real world. And like yeah. one of the ones I can remember in particular is like um, in trigonometry, a lot of it is like about rotations and like stuff like that. And so he related it to cars and he explained how to do a project where like, you know, the numbers on a car, um, it's like the diameter, the radius, um, the circumference, uh, or like the width of the mm-hmm. wheel, um, the rotations, the revs and everything like that. And he had us do a project where we did all the math to calculate what those numbers were. And so I suddenly, like, I would look at the tires on my car and be like, I know what that number means. <laughs> like, I, I know the math behind it. Yeah. And, like, I know what the principle is. And, like, I know, like, you know, having certain size tires on your car makes a huge difference yeah. in, like, the RPM and, like, your gas mileage that you're going to be using and everything. And, like, he was just forcing us to relate it to the real world where I was like, this actually has application in life. Yeah. And then I started to, like, see stuff just in life. And I was like, wait, I know, I know what that math is. Or, yeah. like, I know what that concept is. And, like, I see how, like, I don't know, things started to click together, you know? And I could start to see more of, like, a bigger picture. Um, And it just, like, I don't know, it made me feel for the first time in my life that, like, I could start to understand the world and not just, like, be living in it. Okay. But actually, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, integration isn't quite the white world word, but, like, to kind of just, like... I don't know, be able to just see stuff that's going yeah, on and understand. What, yeah, and, like, be able to, like, contribute and stuff. Um, and so I started tutoring, like, in the math department and stuff because, okay. like, I finally understood it. And I was like, 
if I'm finally clicking from this professor, like, and I can help someone else learn it in this new way, like, why not? Yeah. Um, so I did that. So um, ultimately what it came down to was the teacher that you had who helped oh, you yeah. kind of like see mm-hmm. it in a in different light as opposed mm-hmm. to having the other teachers were like not helping you at all or just a different way of, I guess, teaching. Yeah, it was just a, a different way. And it was also because uh, another thing that he did is he would teach us how to do things in three different ways. If there was the opportunity to learn it in three ways. You'd be like, here's method one, here's method two, here's method three, like different levels of complexity, different levels of understanding you need for them, but like use whatever makes it make sense to you. Um, And, you know, that was the first time that I kind of like had that because a lot of teachers are like, oh, I teach you this equation. You need to use this equation. But it's like, if there's another equation I can use, maybe it's a bit more complicated, a bit more roundabout, but if I still get the right answer Mm -hmm. and I'm understanding it, why does it matter how I get there? You know, um, and so that was something that was huge for me. Um, and then uh, my second semester of being in like my math and science courses was the semester that COVID hit. Um, and that that almost made me leave the STEM field um, uh-huh. because when it hit uh, and everything went online, uh, none of my professors did like online lectures or anything. Like they didn't have Zoom meetings, nothing. They were just like, all right, I posted like the whole textbook in Canvas. Just read the mm. textbook and take the tests online just like totally abandoned us and just like which I you know I understand that like a lot of them were older teachers they've been teaching for a really long time they weren't prepared for it Mm -hmm. it happened over spring break so it's not like they had time to prepare for it or whatever but it was like you know I saw other teachers in like the liberal arts studies and stuff like that who like they were putting the effort in to do like zoom classes or like stuff like that and so just like I don't know it kind of I don't know it sucked because it was finally I felt like for the first time in my life I was doing really well and I was fitting in I was like hitting like that upward trajectory and then you know COVID hit which fucked up everyone yeah. I understand it totally did um so when I originally transferred up to um NAU to start like at the university and everything I uh, ended up switching back to a history major because I was like I know I can do this like I know I'll be good at it I know like I'll get into grad school immediately like I have connections with it like you know so I tried it Um, but I just, once again, I was so bored by it and just so not interested in it past like the surface level of like, oh, this is cool. But like, you know, and I just, I kept thinking back to like all the science and everything that I was doing and like just how much like I loved it. And I kept talking about like my math professor and like the way he taught us things. And like, I was trying to explain math concepts to my friends. They're like, what the fuck are you doing in history again? (laughs) Like, obviously you're not into this and you're still like into like the STEM field and everything. Um, so I mean, I don't know. What, what STEM? What is this? Oh, um, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Okay. Yeah, so that's like all of like the, the hard sciences, as they call wow. it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad, he's an engineer, and so that was something that like he always wanted me to be like an engineer. Okay, so, so he was for it. Then. Yeah, so he was totally so for it. So let's touch back mm-hmm. on when like you were talking to your parents and yeah. your dad was like, okay, like mm-hmm. I see that you actually want to do this. Mm-hmm. So he's he, he hooked you up, right? He set yeah. you up. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and give you this much mm-hmm. so well, you can focus on school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, I, you did tell me that you were, so how'd you get into like the teaching? You graduated, right? Yeah. Um, so in my undergrad, I had like a teaching assistantship yeah. in the chemistry department. I knew I wanted to teach and I had a few friends that were already teaching in the chemistry department and they're like, Hey, like a bunch of the other TAs just graduated. Like we need new TAs. I did really, really well in chemistry, like especially in the lab. Uh, cause I'm, I teach specifically in the chemistry lab. Um, and they're like, just apply, like, see if you get it. You want to teach. It's good mm-hmm. experience. Um, but I was a math major. So like, I, I didn't really know chemistry. 
and I was like, I don't think I can teach this. Like I, yeah, I did well in the class in yeah. particular, but like I didn't take like organic chemistry or anything. So I didn't know anything higher than just like general chemistry. Um, but I applied, um, in my interview with like the office manager, like I just immediately clicked with her. Um, and just like, I could like, I don't know, I could just tell how like invested and she was, how invested she was in these students being able to like teach as undergraduates okay. and like get into like the field. And it was a very, very unique position um, in the chemistry lab department in particular because there are no like instructors. Mm -hmm. It's exclusively run by student teachers, like TAs. Okay. Um, so like I was the only person in the lab room that was teaching. I never had like someone above me who was like a full-time professor or whatever come in and like interrupt or anything. Like it was just me as an undergraduate teaching other undergraduate students chemistry. Um, and it was just a lot of freedom, but it also just like, I don't know, it just kind of fit for me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, as a performer by nature, like I really enjoyed being able to like lecture okay. and be able to like connect to students. And because I did have like that background of like relating things to the real world, I would always try to like explain at the beginning of every, like the top of every lab, I'd try to give like a five minute spiel of like, hey, yeah, we're doing this thing in particular and you're probably never gonna do this again. Yeah. It's not that relatable. But if you are to continue in this field, this is the application. Mm -hmm. This is like the type of job that you would potentially do with this. Like this is the industry that you could potentially use these skills for, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it just like, I don't know, made me feel like really good because I had a lot of students that were very receptive to it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was also one of those things where like, um, I don't know why I didn't introduce myself like the first day of class or whatever. And so it was like halfway through the semester, one of my students was talking to me um, and she was like, oh, like, uh, so do you have your like PhD or whatever? And I was like, like, who are uh, you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an undergrad student. Oh, wow. And they were like, what? And they were like, well, what, you're a chemistry major, right? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm a math major. <laughs> and they're like, why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah. I was like, it was a teaching opportunity. And it was something that I ended up falling in love with that I absolutely love. Um, and like, you know, I really want to go to graduate school just in the future, yeah. but it's something that like might potentially do it in chemistry now. Cause I just, I really enjoy okay. it. Um, and it's a skill that like, especially being in a lab setting by being able to like physically work with like chemicals and stuff like that and see reactions instantaneously occur. It like, I don't know, it just makes it make a lot more sense because mm -hmm. it's like you can see where something goes wrong and immediately be like, well, shit, I added water to an acid. Of course it exploded. Like you add acid to water, like little mm -hmm. things like that where it's like you learn just by the process of doing it. Um, and so I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was just something that like, you know, teaching adults, um, I very quickly realized that I can put in as much effort as I want I can give them as much help as I want to. I can offer them all the extra credit in the universe, but if they don't want to do it, that's on them because okay. they are adults paying to be there. And here's a question I mm -hmm. wanted to ask because now you're getting a whole different perspective uh, of like, you know, being in school. You're like, now you're the teacher. Mm -hmm. And how do you, how is it different between being a student and a teacher now, now that you're more understanding? Because, you know, we can blame the teachers and everything oh, yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. We can blame them for not helping us. Mm -hmm. But now you're getting this first point of like, okay, I don't want to help this student out because they're not taking it serious. You know, you just made that point that mm -hmm. if they don't want to learn, they're not going to want to learn mm -hmm. no matter how much you put effort yeah. into it. So, you know, what's the difference now at this point? Um, well, I think because uh, this is my first semester of just teaching. I'm not in classes. Like I'm okay. exclusively teaching. Um, but it was something for me that like, I, 
I started off this semester in particular telling my students that there are no dumb questions, okay. even if you feel like it's a dumb question. But I, every <laughs> teacher used to always tell me that, but I'm like, uh-huh. dude, don't no, Well, it's like, especially because I'm like, we're in a chemistry lab. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. working, it's the second or third semester of chemistry. So it's like, they've already been through a couple of labs. Some of the chemicals we work with are like pretty serious chemicals yeah. that can like literally cause like cancer. They can cause Jesus. like um, fetal defects if you're pregnant, like whatever, like they can like acids and stuff that can burn you if they get on your skin, um, stuff like that, where it's like, this stuff is serious. So I'd rather you ask a very stupid question than like potentially just try to do something on your own yeah. and hurt like, yourself hey, what or if fuck I mix up. These two right here? Boom. Yeah. You know? you know? Um, so I really try to like instill that in my students and, um, I'm really big on answering every single question myself. Yeah. Um, because there are a couple other people in the department who like a student will like the students have lab manuals and like if a student asks a question that's like directly in the lab manual, a couple of the TAs will just like flip to that page and point at it and yeah. then walk away. And I'm like, no, I'll tell them what page it's on. I'll be like, hey, just so you know, it's on page like C11 or whatever. But I'll also take the minute to stand there and actually explain it to yeah. them to make sure that they are understanding what it is, not just like reading it off a paper and be like, okay, well, I do this step. I get, I don't know why, but it's written there, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I feel very like successful in that part. Like I've only had to fail one student so far, um, which is like... How did that feel? Uh it, it, it was a student that um, there was just there was literally no way they could pass, and okay. they and they showed up to every and they lab. They pay for this shit. Yeah, and they pay for it. Like they're paying full university pricing for it. Like, wow, you man. know, um, especially because it's the third semester of chemistry. Most of them are like engineers or like scientists or like you know they're going into like immediate like medical fields yeah. or stuff like that. Like nursing wow, students a lot dude, of the time. So really? I'm like if this isn't working for you now in your third semester of chemistry, like I don't want to be that bitch, but you kind of need to reevaluate. And so the one student I had to fail in particular, I kind of sat her down and I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, and she was a chemistry major too. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest (laughs) with you. If you can't pass general chem, like sure you can take it again and probably maybe do better the second time. But like she was failing so bad that I was like, I could give you a hundred points extra credit and you still won't pass. Wow. Dude. It is crazy. Are a lot of these cats like your age too? Uh, yeah, no. Cause like what? I'm 22 <laughs> and like most of my students are like 19, 20, 21. Okay. Wow. So it's like, I'm very close to them in age. <laughs> like, so. I know we just partied last night, <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> yeah, that's um, so cool, dude. Mm-hmm. That's there. So now you said you wanted to take what other uh, courses in the future? Um, so like, I want to go to graduate school okay, graduate really school. bad. Yeah. Um, cause like eventually I would like to be like a full-time like professor at a university. So you you're know? taking a break then. Cause you told um, me this, that you yeah. wanted to take a break mm-hmm. from this semester coming up mm-hmm. and what made you, cause you told me something about like your students, like, uh, yeah. It was one of the reasons why, or you're just like wanting to kind of like be adventurous and just kind um, of like go boss of the wall. Well, part of it is the fact that like, I really enjoy going out. I'm a very sociable yeah. person. I like meeting people. I like being in like bar settings cause it attracts a certain type of generally sociable person. If you're going mm-hmm. out to a bar, you're drinking, like you're hanging out there. Um, and it's just like being 22 and teaching like 19, 20, 21 year olds and stuff like that. Or like even students who are the same age as me or a couple years older. Um, like I go out and, you know, I'm a very recognizable person, yeah. you know, so it's like they immediately recognize me and they'll like either they'll try to come up to me and talk to me or they'll like, you know, try to turn their head and be like, oh, my God, that's, that's my interesting. Like if you had people come up. Yeah, to you from no, class? I have. Um, so that's why uh, I started coming down to Phoenix every weekend yeah. at the start of the semester to go out because it just 
don't know. It's just less awkward. I know I'm not going to run into like yeah. students or whatever. I don't have to worry about like that professional like barrier. I don't know how to like act with them, especially because like, you know, I do drink pretty heavily. Yeah. Um, I'm a very flirty person to begin with. Yeah. Um, I also do <laughs> drugs. Um, like, you, you know, I don't want to like walk out of the fucking stall in the bathroom, fucking wiping my nose. And one of my students is like, oh, you, <laughs> you have oh. any? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and um yeah, and it's just also Flagstaff is just such a small town that like yeah. up there there's like maybe five, six bars I'm willing to like step foot in to feel comfortable going to. Okay. Um, and so it's just like it's a very small scene um, and just like I just enjoy the vibe here in Phoenix a lot more, okay. especially because Flagstaff is a bit more hippie. You know, it's the yeah. classic stoner city. Yeah. You know, people like to fucking snowboard and mountain sports. They love <laughs> hiking. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I don't want to fucking we're city folks. Yeah, like, I had a friend who invited me to like a sunrise hike, and she's like, Yeah, we'll we'll hike out at 4 a.m. and then we'll watch the sunrise at 5:30. I'm like, Fuck that! Are you fucking kidding me? Like, no way is that happening. And I, it just yeah, I get invited to go hiking too. I'm like, dude, you know there's scorpions and rattlesnakes yeah. out there? Ugh. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. They're like, well, they're not going to chase after you. I'm like, mm, nah. But yeah. you sit down and they just prick you, dude, that you're mm-hmm. done, you know? But yeah, so just Flagstaff just isn't really my vibe. Um, and uh, originally when I, so I made the decision halfway through this semester that it was going to be my last semester staying mm-hmm. up there, like teaching and everything, um, just because I figured get out at the end of a full year. It's my second year of teaching and I yeah. feel like that's kind of a good point to like kind of end so it. Cool. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I just figured like kind of get out. My original plan, uh, was to, so my lease ends end of July and my plan still technically, I guess, as of right now is to move out to California. Um, we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, <laughs> what drives you out there? Like, why do you want to um, go out there? I mean, I've just always wanted to go to California. Um, and especially because like I am trying to do like the hot girl shit. Yeah. Um, and it's just California is a lot better of an area to be doing it um at first and also one of my number one reasons is the weather i fucking hate the summers yeah. here oh, yeah, like i want to go to like san diego area so like just like somewhere that's just the like, humidity is a lot better yeah <laughs> you know um but like you know i want to get out there and be able to like you know go out like in new areas all the time be able to meet like new people constantly and stuff yeah. um and just like you know see what happens happens um yeah so what are you gonna do for money uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to get to this. Oh point. yeah, I know. I like, I like to say I'm a hooker, uh, though technically I'm not, but I do like the sugar daddy stuff Yeah, and I am technically like a specialty service escort. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elaborate more on that. Um, so, uh, like when it comes to like the escort thing, uh, I may, I mainly just say I do it for companionship because, yeah. you know, I'm not a prostitute. Um, but if, you know, if, if we fuck, we you're fuck, like, you're that's like, different. I'm old school, though. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, I like hooker a bit more. Um, yeah. it's funny. I'll always tell people like, oh yeah, I'm a hooker. And they're like, they still call people that? And I'm it's like, oh, well, I do. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like I say, it's an old school term and I still yeah. like it, even though it's like considered derogatory, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's like yeah. derogatory. I don't see it that way. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just, uh, as you can kind of tell by based how I look, I, um, my kind of niche 
is uh, being a Barbie girl. Okay. And I kind of promote myself as like a build a Barbie where I allow guys or whoever, to you know, you? to fully dress me up. Okay. Uh, I wear wigs a lot of the time. So they get to pick what wig I'm wearing. What? They get to pick That's what cool. colors I'm wearing. Like they pick how my, I do my nails. They'll buy me my full outfit head to toe. Like they get to decide like everything. And also, um, like, uh, cause I'm, I'm kind of like an actor by nature. Yeah. Um, I'll even let them pick like what type of personality they want me to be. Um, because you know, there are certain, I'm a kind of abrasive person and yeah. I'm very open about a lot of things. Um, and it's like, not all guys are into that. Or else you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so it's just like, you know, sometimes there are certain guys who are like, yeah, I just want you to be a ditzy fucking blonde. This is a total bimbo. And it's like, obviously I'm a very smart person, no, but I, I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm surprised is because you have to like really carry yourself and understand yourself as a person to know, mm-hmm. like, the kind of shit that you want mm-hmm. and the way that you came off when I first met mm-hmm. you which is like not like your typical person like you said like I said before when I first when I used to go to Gracie's mm-hmm. in the beginning I just met a lot of people who were just like oh I have this many followers this and that if you don't have this many followers you're nobody type mm-hmm. of person you know what I mean but then you came off like very aggressive in the way where you were like confident and I'm like I believe you mm-hmm. like some of the shit that you said was like that's believable mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. it, it's it's weird but I don't know, like like you were very uh, like an observant person mm-hmm. in the sense of beginning. I'm kind of the same way too. Yeah. So I like to go to bars too, even though I don't. I mean, I do kind of get fucked up. I yeah. sleep in my car, <laughs> but I like yeah. to observe. I like to observe people. I like to mm-hmm. talk to people. I go up to people and mm-hmm. I'm like, let's link up. Let's yeah. talk. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that's yeah. pretty cool. So you let them kind of pick your personality. Yep. And yeah. uh, so, how long you want to be doing that for? Um. I don't, I don't know like exactly how long uh, I've kind of been telling people like as long as I'm hot enough to be doing it. Okay. Um, and also I guess it's one of those things where it's like, I do kind of have like, once I save up a certain level of money, then like I might like look back into like going back to like school or whatever and okay. finishing that up and like actually starting like a proper career. But at the same time, like another part of the reason why I left teaching is just like, it's such a strict schedule yeah. and like, especially the classes I have just like I teach a night class um, from six to 9 PM on Wednesdays. And then I teach a morning class Thursdays from 8 AM to 11 AM. Okay. So it's just like, back-to-back like classes and it just kind of sucks and it's something that like I want to be able to do things kind of like more so in my own time when Mm -hmm. I want to and I'm just kind of like not at that stage in my life where it's like I'm fine having a total routine you know where it's like I wake up at this time xyz day and you know I go to work for however many hours and then I get home and I fucking pass out because I got to do it all again (laughs) the next day you know like it's it's just not quite for me I'm 32 and Mm -hmm. I still don't even abide by that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I'm like nah dude like I know I've got a kid and everything. I know I've mm-hmm. got to maintain whatever it is that I have here. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I still like to do the stuff that I want. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why I, I try to crunch in as many hours as I can to end the month to make rent, even mm-hmm. though I'm like late sometimes. I'm like, yeah. sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> like, I like to do shit like, that I like to do mm-hmm. the beginning of the month, you know? But no, I need to really like stay on top of that shit so that I can continue to do the stuff that I want. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. take that much effort, really, but mm-hmm. you know, I wait to the last minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel you on that because mm-hmm. like that's why I took on or wanted to do stand up mm-hmm. comedy, just because like that's you know, like I, I would like to interact with people. I wanna, mm-hmm. you know, just like sleep through the day sometimes and just mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna go and uh, do an open mic or something like yeah. that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I haven't reached that point yet because I'm fucking dumbass mm-hmm. and I'm like waiting last minute to pay rent where I don't give myself yeah. that freedom mm-hmm. throughout the month to do it, you know? Yeah. But so you wanna do that for a couple of years or at least so you say you're because you know, women 
like I, I don't know how, how do you feel like all right well I wanted to talk about this because mm-hmm. you said that you let like men uh, like pick your personality mm-hmm. what to wear and stuff like what what inside of you why do you why do you accept that why do you want to be treated a certain way Mm -hmm. I mean, like, what Um, is it about you? What triggered that in the beginning where you're like, you know what? I don't care how I'm treated or mm -hmm. or I want to be treated a certain way. I'll I'll let them pick this or Mm -hmm. I want to be, you know, a fucking actor throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. I know you say you're into performance Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But when it comes to, like, men and doing the things that you now want to do, like, in Mm -hmm. the future, like, what is that inside of you? Like, why? Um, Why why do you want that? Well, I think part of it is like legitimately because I am autistic and growing up, I very much tried to fit into whatever okay. friend group I was with to be like accepted and stuff. So like depending, like none of my friend groups like knew each other growing up. And so I was very much a different person for each of them. And then uh, it was like my senior year of high school that two of my friend groups just so happened to like meet each other mm-hmm. when we went out one time. Um, and they were like talking to like, you know, in between themselves, like kind of about me. Um, and one of them at the end of the night came up to me and was like, I was talking to your other friend from school and I do not believe that we were talking about the same person. And it just like, it kind of like hit me that like, I do very much act to like fit uh, into whatever you I'm have doing. personality. Yeah. You know? Um, but like, uh, and that's something that like, I've definitely like now going forward, I'm much more like the same person like throughout different friend groups now like now when my friends group yeah. kind of like intermingle they're like oh no that definitely is kitty like yeah. for sure they may see me act like differently in certain like particular like situations how I handle things maybe like mm. individually but like through and through like I'm definitely like much more of like who I am okay. but I also know that like um I can be pretty bitchy and cunty um mm-hmm. like I've been called that like a number of times and I'm also uh I'm just I'm very confident in who I am and I'm very unapologetic about it because I don't see a point in like, like who really cares? And I think it's, um, part of like, I don't know. Have you seen uh, always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I like to think of, uh, me and my friends, we all joke about how like we're in our always sunny era because we're absolute assholes, ass fucks. (laughs) But the thing that makes people still like us at the end of the day and people still find us funny and willing to be around us is that like, we're unapologetic about it, but we also know where the line is. Mm-hmm. You know, like we know what's too much, but we also know that like a lot of what we're doing isn't full hearted, like seriously who we are, Yeah, you know, like give me an example. Uh, well, I think when it comes to like comedy and stuff like that, like it's just like I don't get why people like the fucking the Chris Rock fucking thing from the um, whatever the awards Oscars. Yeah. Um it was a funny fucking joke gi jane yeah. i thought it was a funny joke like i it he was a, a joke head. and he's a comedian <laughs> exactly. like why the like so many comedians have said so much more offensive awful just absolute garbage shit and are still out there making their money and are still insanely popular you yeah. know that it's like why get butt over a fucking joke by a comedian yeah. like you know he's a comedian obviously he's gonna make jokes about people like i you know and so i never I don't know. It's one of those things where it's just like, and like I told you kind of at the start of it is like, there is almost nothing that anyone can say to me that will make me offended. Yeah. Like, you know, like just because I don't know, I don't see the point to it. Like, I, you know, I know when someone's being genuinely hurtful and mean and when they're actually trying to like get at me and I'm just one of those people that bounces right off of me. I really don't care. Like yeah. you have your opinion about me. Doesn't, I'm just enough of a narcissist to know <laughs> that like, as long as I'm happy with myself, I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about me, yeah. you know? Um, that's cool because yeah. it, 
it didn't take you that long to figure that out. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I always kind of worried. And and it's crazy because, you know, as a man, you're supposed to Mm -hmm. hold yourself to a certain degree. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to like be like the breadwinner. And especially my parents are like really old school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they're like, you have to have a full time job. Mm -hmm. You have to be uh, providing for your family. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of one of the reasons why my first marriage did not work out. Mm -hmm. Aside from her doing her thing on the side, Mm -hmm. I wasn't holding my side of the bargain, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean. It's crazy because, you know, we're looked at it a certain way where we're supposed to be like, you know, these responsible people, mm-hmm. but we just want to sometimes be fucking obnoxious and crazy, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I am still to this mm-hmm. day, you yeah. know, but, you know, it, but like you said, you kind of found your, your footing in life and who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. It didn't take me until like maybe I was 27, mm-hmm. like 28 where I was like, you know what? I don't really care what anybody says about me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I've always felt that way before, but mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of, like, still hurt by certain things, yeah. like, the way that my family thought about me. Mm-hmm. But now being at this age, I'm like, dude, I'm already who I am, you mm-hmm. know? I'm not going to fucking change. Like, there's yeah. no point of changing mm-hmm. who I am, you know? Yeah. So that's pretty cool that you found that at such a, you know, young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, so... You know, give me your, like, from the kind of lifestyle that you're living now, what is your, your best and your worst experience, you know, being the person who you are now? Um, well, I think the best experience is just, like, uh, a lot of the people that I've met and stayed close to, it's just, like, meeting totally randomly, like mm-hmm. the like the guy I'm seeing right now. I just randomly met him one night at a bar. Like, I don't even remember really meeting him, but, like, <laughs> it was, like, we met we immediately had a threesome with this other girl like and that was just like how we met and it was it was funny because the next morning he took me back to his place no bed frame and no sheets on the bed just a comforter (laughs) pulled up on a mattress on the floor there was a box spring okay and then a mattress on top of it (laughs) but he had the comforter pulled all the way up there was a pillowcase on one pillow not on the other one Uh and he, he was like yeah i just sleep on top of the comforter and i was like are you fucking did he have a separate blanket no he did like he had separate blankets and stuff um but i was just like what the fuck like (laughs) um it was kind of like not no i'm not um i have like um you know just in case of an occasion like like something like that me bringing home a woman like does happen i'm like i need to be ready i need to have like that stuff but my mattress is actually it looks like it's been peed on like a hundred times oh yeah but, it's so stained his mattress is so because stained because I used to fall asleep with like uh-huh. a beer in my hand oh, and yeah. I used to just uh-huh. drop the full mm-hmm. beer so it's just like I remember moving the mattress into this house my cousin was helping me and he was like full fuck you pee yourself dude like <laughs> like do you do this every oh, yeah. night I'm like no dude it's cause I pass out with beers and I had like a 40 ounce or something yeah. he's like yeah right dude mm. but like my mattress literally has like big like it's like it takes up like most of my matches like it's a like, yellow stain it looks like a piss stain but it's from yeah. beer I was like I stopped pissing myself in my mid-20s, dude. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did have a problem when I used to drink yeah. a lot. I used uh-huh. to just, like, pass out and, like, pee all mm-hmm. over myself. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. One time I was with a, with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and we felt like, like we didn't even, like, do anything. We just, like, got hammered and fell asleep together. Oh, shit, yeah. And then she's like, dude, what the fuck? So I, was, I woke mm-hmm. up and she's like, what the fuck, dude? And I was like, wow, what's going on? I'm fucking covered in piss, dude. Like, there's piss all over the mattress. Was that you? I'm like, no. The fuck? I, don't, I got up to pee. What are you talking <laughs> about? So I just, like, blamed it on her, dude. I was like, but I knew it was me because I had the pissing problem, like, every yeah. time I got drunk. So now, like, when I get drunk, I have to force myself to pee before mm-hmm. I go to bed. Yeah. Because then I won't. I'll just... Mm-hmm. 
pee just myself. Go, yeah. Dude. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you had this really good experience mm-hmm. with somebody that you met and now you're like talking to them more often. Mm-hmm. What was like one of your worst? Um, well, so the guy, the last guy I saw last summer, um, I ended up spending three weeks with him, which was three weeks past what I probably should have, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Uh, it, he was an ex-Marine who's dishonorably discharged, who I didn't know this at the time, uh, for almost beating his ex-wife to death, who was also a Marine. Wow. Um, and, uh... Yeah, but, uh, you know, I met him. Uh, he was also a porn star. So, you know, that aspect of the relationship was fucking killer. Part of the reason why I stayed way yeah. past my due date. Um, but, like, you know, he was a super fun guy. Um, he was the first guy I was ever seeing that, like, I was actually interested in that wasn't just so infatuated with me that I was willing to be in the relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, and just, like, a super personal person and was willing to let me be who I was and, like, act how I was, um, you know, and, like, whenever we'd go out and, like, didn't care if I was, like, flirting with other people because, like, he knew that it was just kind of, like, how I am. It's just kind of how yeah. I act with people, especially once I start drinking and stuff, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, it was super, super fun, um, until, you know, it got, uh, to the point where he literally almost murdered me. Like I had to get a restraining order and everything. Um, and like, it was, yeah, it was one of those things where like, I always joke about it with my friends that like part of the reason why I stayed was for the bit. Cause it's, it's a really good story. Yeah. Like whenever I go into details about the story, people always look at me like, what the fuck? And I'm like, but isn't it a good story? Cause I lived <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like I fucking lived. Like I'm able to tell the story. Like, yeah, you know, I got kind of fucked up, but like, <laughs> you know, I made it through. Now I have like, in my opinion, a really good story. But then, yeah. you know, every once in a while, like a girl in particular or something will like tell me that just like, that's like so fucked up. Like, why are you like telling people about that? I'm like, well, I'm telling people about it partially because, uh, well, I did legitimately live and it's kind of like a forewarning of just like kind of no, but also at the same time, I'm definitely a person that can handle myself in like situations Mm -hmm. like that. And I know where the line is drawn. And I also like can hold my own, like, um, you know, I was able to get myself out of his place when things got, you know, really bad and stuff like that. Um, and just like, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's like I've said before, it's like, it's worth it to me for the bit in the end, you know? So I'm assuming you got a lot of this kind of like confidence through your pops. Like, did he Mm -hmm. instill that in you? Because he was also in the military as well, right? So was he pretty strict on you when you were a kid? Uh, Surprisingly not. Um, So he was in the military for 30 years. And so he was still in it when I was growing up until I was seven. Um, and so he was traveling a lot cause he was an engineer. He spent a lot of time in South America, okay. um, building stuff down there and everything. Um, but he, also cause he was an engineer, he never seriously saw combat. He did get into a couple of, uh, pretty dangerous situations when he was in South America, just because, you know, uh, Americans are forcing their way in there and like, you know, mm-hmm. he got shot out a few times and stuff like that, but you know, he wasn't the kind that ever like killed anyone or anything, <laughs> you know, so he doesn't have that kind of PTSD. He doesn't have that but, look in his eye. Yeah. But like the, the ex-Marine that I was seeing, well, the first ex-Marine that Jeez. I was seeing, crazy one uh, yeah oh i continued to see three more marines after him <laughs> i went through a stunt of four marines jeez yeah. man i don't I have, i've never seen any marines yeah. i haven't dated any marines mm, but That'd uh interesting yeah that first one uh he he had killed people and it was some it was a uh, one night we were out and he was like bragging to like these people at the bar he's like yeah i've killed like men women and children and i was like that was Jeez, the first time man. that i got genuinely scared of him because of yeah, how i'll go with you tonight still yeah i, I did because he was a porn star like the best fuck of my life like absolutely insanely good um and ex- 
yeah. And he did everything. He did everything. He let me be a total pillow princess, too. Yeah. So it was great, you know, in that regard. But it was one of those things where, like, that was the first night that I got genuinely scared of him. And then uh, it was a couple nights later, I was, like, kind of, like, talking to him. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know if this is, like, really going to work out. Like, because, uh, like, he told me he loved me after three days of seeing oh, each shit. other. And, like, he, like, made me delete my Tinder because that's how we met was on Tinder. And he's like, I don't want you, like, talking to anyone else or whatever. And I don't know why I let him delete my Tinder because I was like, oh, this is fun, like, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it was two weeks into it. And, you know, I had that kind of scary moment with him at a bar where he was, like, you know, being super blackout drunk. It was just, uh. like, so bragging about stuff and was, like, getting in fights with the other, like, military people there who were, like, you don't talk about that shit in public. Yeah. Like, to civilians. You don't fucking, you don't bring that up to people. Like, you keep that, you keep that among yourselves. Exactly. Like, cause it's you serious that shit, shit up like the rest of yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. You live through that PTSD, mm-hmm. motherfucker. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was, like, one of those things, you know, a guy uh, who kind of kind of knew me because I was a regular up at one of the bars in Flagstaff in particular. He came up to me and he was like, you good? And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, I, I can handle myself. And he was like, um, he gave me his number as like a, uh, uh, he was a way older guy. He gave me his number and like, if something happens, like, you call me. Like, you know, like. But he was actually like looking out Yeah, he was like, actually looking out yeah, for me. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Yeah, we're still chill. Like, right, um, cool. he like, uh, whenever he, I do go up to Flagstaff, I'll always stop into that bar in particular. And, you know, he'll kind of keep an eye on me and stuff okay, like that. Because cool. usually when I go out, I go out alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually don't go out with other people. Um, and, uh, but anyways, uh, it was one night. Uh, I had school the next morning. I was taking a summer class. Um, and I had a test that day. Um, and like it was uh, calc two, so it was a pretty difficult class. And I was like, you know, really busting my ass to like get through and get an A and everything. Um, and like he, he knew this, and so he called me and I had uh, like my phone and do not disturb but like on the thing where it's like if they keep calling you it'll mm-hmm. eventually push the call through because obviously it's like an emergency or something yeah. and so it wakes me up it's like midnight um, and he's like crying and like this is was a hardcore like he was like uh, like he was a hardcore ex-marine black dude like uh-huh. barely showed emotions whatsoever and so he was sobbing and I was like whoa what the fuck and I could hear that he was out at the bar mm-hmm. and he was like oh I'm out with my friends but like something happened and I was like what the fuck like obviously this has to be fucking serious yeah. he's like you know because he was definitely trying to play like the tough black guy with his friends you know because he was new to Flagstaff yeah. and like he was uh, making friends with like more of like the, the tough people because that was the crowd he, I guess he wanted to be a part of whatever that's how all Marines are though right yeah no exactly <laughs> um, so I was just like what the fuck and he was like I, I can't tell you on the phone but like something happened with like my ex like she's on her way to the hospital and I was like fuck like do you want me to like come pick you up and he was like yeah like I don't think I can make it home by myself right now you know um, and I was like okay fine I'll like come down like pick you up I'll take you home like whatever like I can spend the night if you need me to um, and I get to the bar um, and you know uh, I get in and uh, I was really good friends with one of the head bartenders there mm-hmm. so I walk in and he immediately like pours me my drink you know even though I wasn't planning on drinking but I was like ah he he poured it for me and I was like oh I don't want it and he's like oh it's on the house then I was like okay yeah. fine whatever I'll drink it <laughs> so I pound back the drink um, one of my friends was also there she bought me a shot so I pound that back real fast and then I, I knew he was out on the patio because yeah. um, it was summer so everyone's fucking chilling on the patio yeah. and I head out there and I'm like opening the door to the patio and I hear him laughing. And I was like, 
I lived pretty close to downtown, so I was like there within like 10 minutes. And he yeah. was sobbing on the fucking phone. I was like, what the fuck? And I, I walk up to him and all of his friends are like kind of like slapping him and stuff. I'm just like, yeah, dude, like you can't fucking like, you know, man up or like whatever. And I was like, okay, like I guess he's just trying to like, <laughs> you know, not try to be a pussy in front yeah, of him or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I like I pull him aside, take him inside. I'm like, dude, what's up? And he was like, yeah, you know, like my ex-girl, you know, uh, he had told me that his ex-wife was dead. Um, that she had overdosed on heroin. She wasn't dead, let me tell you. Um, But uh, he was like, yeah, so, like, you know, my ex-girl that I was with, uh, who's essentially the mother to my child because, like, you know, my ex-wife died, like, when my child was still an infant, and then I started dating her when he was one. So, like, she was pretty much the mother to, like, my son. Um, And he was like, uh, she found out that I was seeing you, and I was like, what? And he was like, so she attempted suicide, and that's why she was on her way to the hospital. And when she got to the hospital, she died. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, I'm just like, I, I, I wasn't thinking clearly. I was just like, this is the second girl now that he had been in a relationship <laughs> with that's, that's supposedly dead. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Are you sure well, he didn't kill that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's a little interesting. And he's like... He starts crying again. I'm like, okay, well, let's just like, like, let's get you home. Like, whatever. You know, I drive him home. Um, you know, I chuck a couple waters and then I drive him home. But like, and then we get home and he's like asking me to like help him get in the shower and stuff because he's like just sobbing again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Jesus Christ. And he's like, I don't know what like I'm going to tell my kid because his kid was um, five now. Yeah. So like was very much like aware of like what was like going on. And he was just like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to tell my kid. Like, this is now his second mom that he's lost. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, I don't have anyone else to help me. Like, you know, he was like, he told me before that like he had really hard times with his uh family because of like him joining like the marines and everything and like his ex-wife uh like supposedly having a heroin overdose and they were like you know that's like fucked up and didn't like i guess didn't want to talk to him anymore because that um so i was like you know definitely taking like pity on him and whatnot and so i i spent the night and like you know um at one point in the night, I guess he had, like, a PTSD episode or whatever, and he, like, started, like, grabbing me, like, very violently, like, serious, like, bruises on my arms and stuff like that, um, and, you know, at one point he, like, snapped out of it or whatever, he's like, oh, my God, where the fuck am I? And I was like, uh, we're at your place, dude. He was like, <laughs> like oh, my God, sorry, <laughs> like, I don't know what, what happened, it's a PTSD, and I was like, ex-Marine who's, like, been through stuff, but, uh, uh, I was like, sure, whatever, you know, yeah. um, like, you know, I was just kind of, just kind of. You really think know. that they all like committed suicide or died from heroin overdose? Like- well, so then, so this is after knowing him for two weeks. Four oh, days man. later, <laughs> I still stayed with him a week after this. Four days later, I suddenly get a message from this bitch named Megan. And I was like, who the fuck is Megan? I don't know personally any Megans, but it was like obviously a message of like they knew who I was because it included very personal details about me that like I hadn't told many people but like some people did know so I was like I don't know exactly who like she's connected to um and I'm just chilling there sitting one day and then all of a sudden I was like wait Megan that's his ex-girlfriend the ex-girlfriend that committed suicide okay and so I hadn't messaged her back at this point because I thought it was really odd all the personal stuff that she sent in the message but she didn't say that that was how she knew me or whatever and you didn't think it was him like you just no I I didn't think it was him um just because like uh the wording of it was definitely not written by a dude it was was very like emotional (laughs) and very like you know um and she like so I finally messaged her back and she was like can we call and I was like 
oh, sure. Like, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, so we're still dating. I have full custody of his child. Um, uh, like a girlfriend. We, not yeah, a mom, but uh-huh. a girlfriend. The girlfriend has full yeah. custody of the child. Um, and she's like, yeah, like, he's from North Carolina, which I didn't know. And she was like, he left North Carolina to escape a warrant out for his arrest. Um, he's, like, not paying his child support. Um, like That's he, crazy. The child support goes to her even though she's a girlfriend? Um, the child support went to um, his mother. Okay. Um, because uh, I, I don't know how the whole thing worked or, like, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah um, so you guys are on this conversation. Yeah, and so I'm having this conversation, and she's, like, um, and he's been, like, telling me all about you. And I was, like, really? And she starts spewing off all this stuff about me that, like, you know, I'd told him in like confidants or yeah. whatever. Nothing, nothing too serious. Cause like we weren't, I'd only been seeing him for like two and a half weeks. Yeah. So it wasn't nothing too serious, but it was like, I definitely told him this in like mm-hmm. private. Like there's no way like she should know about this unless they are seriously still in contact with each other. And I was like, what the fuck? And you know, so I kind of like confronted him about it and I was like, this is really it. Like I, I'm done. This is crazy. You told me this bitch was dead. Like she knows all this stuff about me that like I mm. kind of really only told you. That's really weird. Like, why would you lie to me about this? Like, you know, and she was like sending me like, uh, like his like arrest record from when he like beat his ex wife, almost beat his ex wife to death. And was like, she's not dead either. Like, um, but she is a heroin addict. So that's why she lost custody of the kid. Yeah. Um, so she's dead to him. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. (laughs) Um, but like was going into all this stuff and was like explaining like how, um, the place he was staying at in Flagstaff wasn't actually his, it was his brother's Mm -hmm. that he was just staying at because his brother was a firefighter. And this was during the summer when they were having like all the crazy wildfires in California. So he was out fighting the fires in California, just gone for months at a time. And so he was crashing at his brother's place unbeknownst to his brother. His brother had like no idea. He had like four guns legally on him because, you know, discharged from the military, like he couldn't have guns anymore, but he had like four guns in his apartment. Um, And I was like, I got to go. Um, like this is definitely not working. You've obviously been lying to me about like everything. And also you've already kind of gotten too physical with me a couple of times Mm -hmm. already to like where I was already wary. Uh, and then he pulled a fucking gun out on me. (laughs) Damn, dude. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think it was, what was, what, what was going on in your head when you were thinking that? Like, uh, well, I was dead sober and he had, he'd been drinking, uh, you know, he was definitely an alcoholic. Did you take um, this, like the scenario like serious or were you like, oh, he's not going to do it? No, the way he kind of treated me a couple times before in with stuff, I was like, this is, this is, I've gotten myself into a very dangerous wow, situation shit. that I should not be in. And also nobody knew I was at his place. Yeah. I like, I hadn't really told any of my friends about him cause I knew he was red flag city and I yeah. didn't want to hear like the disapproving bullshit from like, my <laughs> friends. I was like, I'm having fun. It's You're like, having fun. you know, like it's, it's just a summer fling yeah, or like whatever. Guy. Yeah. He was older. He was, um, 26 at the time and okay. I was 21. So he was five years older than me. Um, and you know, he was a charmer. He was a charmer by nature. He was definitely a very personal person. But like in that moment, I was like, this is honest to God could be it for me. This is where I've, I've let the bit run too long. And you know, I've actually like, well, no, because now you have Mm -hmm. the gun pulled on you. So that's even more of a Mm -hmm. bit. Like, yeah. Uh Here's joke number two. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is, this is act two. All right. So (laughs) I don't want to stick around for act three because I have a feeling I'm not going to make it through act three. Then that's going to be his comedy stand up. Uh So I killed this bitch. I'm going to be the third dead bitch, you know? Um, But uh, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know if it was like panic or whatnot, but I fucking, I stood my ground and I don't know. 
I don't know why the fuck I said this because he probably I said I was like if you're gonna kill me then fucking kill me right now then do it and I guess that like really caught him off guard just like by that and uh you know he he was a big guy so there was no way I could like physically like yeah. be in an alter- altercation or whatever and I was like I will not be treated like this you are not worth it to me you are not worthy enough to even be with me the fact that i've been around you as long as i have is a uh, shame on my part and is an absolute like once in a lifetime opportunity for you you have fucked up this mm-hmm. like all of this is on you um and i walked out of there and i don't know why but he let me walk out of there yeah uh, and then he started sending me a bunch of like threatening messages he'd uh, been to my place before so like he knew where i lived um and he also knew that none of my roommates locked the apartment i was the only one that actually locked it so i like had yeah. to like sit my roommates down i was like you bitches you have to fucking <laughs> lock the apartment because he knows where i live like Damn, you know man. this is like very serious um and uh then like uh i stopped going out to bars for like four weeks or so because like you know he was an alcoholic he was going out yeah. every single night and i was just i was worried about was it was there just like one bar that you got how's like flagstaff is there no a... we'd bar hop oh bar hop yeah okay. there's no. a lot of bars or is there just like one strip oh uh, there's like one strip and like we just bar yeah we just bar hop up and down it pretty much like whiskey row essentially oh, yeah okay, okay. um but you know uh so i stopped going out for a couple weeks and then uh one of my like good bartender friends he like called me because he was like hey i haven't seen you in a while like or, like what's up like because i was for sure a regular i was going out every single weekend on the clock <laughs> like you know and so after not going out for like three weeks in a row he was like yeah what's up like is something on and I was like, yeah, you remember that dude that I was seeing for a while? He committed suicide. Uh, he, mm, things got like fucked up and he was like, oh yeah. Like he came and uh, he was like, oh, when did this happen? I was like, uh, the the night that the he pulled the gun on me, whatever. It was like a Monday night. Shit, and I guess that like he went to the bars um, that next day on Tuesday and got into like a huge fight with somebody. And so he got 86 from like a bunch of places. Yeah. Like the cops got called on him. Um, and like, I don't know if he like got like arrested or whatever. Um, but like, I guess like he got in like some trouble. I think he spent the night in jail or whatever. Um, I don't know if they like charged him with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, and so the next weekend I went out and every single bar I went into the, like every single bouncer was like, Hey, you know, that guy you were seeing for a while, <laughs> he's 86 out of here. Just no so way, you know, you're safe. Dude. And I was like, shit, shit really? Um, so I thought, I figured he'd just leave Flagstaff because, like, what yeah. the fuck is he going to do now? He can't go out anymore. He's a fucking alcoholic. Like, really, that's the one strip of good bars. Yeah. Like, is he going to go hang out with the fucking 50-year-olds, like, off the strip, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I get back on Tinder a couple months after that. Um, and he he was living on the other side of town. So, like, when I met him on Tinder the first time, it was like, oh, like, uh, 20 miles away or, like, yeah. whatever. And then when I was seeing him and he had been to my apartment, he's like, this is a really nice apartment. Like, I might apply here with one of my friends. Oh, shit. And I'm on Tinder again. I see his profile pop up and it says less than a mile away. I was like, did he actually move into my apartment complex? Like, are you kidding me? Um, and so, uh, obviously I don't match with him. I like swipe left or whatever, but I get, <laughs> I get one of my friends like I like screenshot his profile yeah, and I sent it to a bunch of my friends who so are on they can Tinder. match with him? Yeah, so they could match with him. And one of my girlfriends, sure enough, matches with him <laughs> and is like, you know, talking to him. And I was like, Can you can you ask him where he lives? Sure enough, this motherfucker had moved into my apartment complex. Yeah. Um, so So what do you do from there? Are you like, fuck this place, I'm dipping out or uh, no. So um I that was when I filed the restraining order. 
Um, you know, I like sent him a message about it and then I immediately blocked him. I put okay. all of my social media on private. It's still on private. Um, and, uh, I just, uh, and then that was kind of when I started, that was kind of the first reason why I started coming down to Phoenix and then yeah. the teaching also was part of it. But, um, at that point I was like, I just, even though I know he's 86 from these places, I just, the odds, if, if he does run into me again and like, cause after all this well, stuff happened, waiting outside. yeah, exactly. And it was also like, I, you know, a couple of his friends I ran into a couple weeks after seeing him when I went out again that one time and they, they saw me and they're like, Oh, why aren't you hanging with Alex anymore? And I was like, he didn't fucking tell you, like, he didn't tell you that like, we're, you know, whatever. And they were like, no, like what the fuck? And so I kind of explained to them like, yeah, his ex-wife is dead. His ex-girlfriend isn't dead. <laughs> he actually got dishonorably discharged for almost beating his ex-wife to death. Jeez, like man. he's totally an abuser. He's an alcoholic, like, you know, stuff like that. And, um, I guess word got back to him and I guess he got like a new phone number or something. And he like sent me this slew of messages that he's like, if I ever see you again, you're fucking dead. You've ruined my reputation up here. You're dragging my name through the mud. I'm a good person. All I did was treat you good. And I was like, yeah, you treat me so good. I had to get a restraining order. Like, <laughs> you know, um, but like, and did you see all his other military buddies out there? Uh, no, I don't really see much of them anymore. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of them were really embarrassed for associating with him okay. and for also like backing him up. Cause he was new to the city and like, they were introducing him to like all of their friends okay. and was like, meet this cool guy that I met that like, he's super chill, super cool. Cause like I said, he's a charmer. Like he's just a Prince charmer, yeah. like Prince charming by nature. So it was like one of those things where I think like they also kind of realized at the point that mm. they had definitely fucked up. And, um, another reason why I continued to see him past like the first, uh, scary incident at the bar was cause his friends were like, nah, dude, he's just fucked up from like the military. Like, you know, he's going through yeah. it and like shit with his kid, like the custody and everything. Like you're really helping him. You're making him feel good. Like, mm. you know? And so like, yeah. I've, I've met, I've, ha I have some friends who were mm. in the military who got like super fucked up mm. when they were in Afghanistan mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's where he was. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely see it, but you know, they were actually like strong, strong enough to kind of overcome that shit, yeah. you know? Because, yeah, you have to hold yourself accountable, too. But, I mean, you were out there fucking killing people, you know? Mm -hmm. You have accidentally killed children and stuff, so mm -hmm. you need to seek therapy, dude. Like, you yeah. need to do this shit on your own. Nobody else is going to yeah. be able to do it for well, you, you know? And when I was talking to the, the ex-girlfriend, uh, or the current girlfriend who, like, I thought was the ex, she was also like, and when he left uh, North Carolina, he didn't take his medication with him. Oh, shit. And I was like, fuck. So, like, fucker also was cold turkey off, like, his psych meds yeah. and everything. Was just, like, refusing to take them. Was heavy drinking every single day. Like, you know? But it was, it was one of those things where it was, like, within a week of meeting him, like, I said he was a porn star. And he, like, he was showing me one of his videos. And he was like, yeah, I was filming a video for, like, my, my sugar mama. And when I came, I accidentally said your name. And I was like... Oh, shit. Did you see it on the... Uh, <laughs> All right, so... Like, he sent it to me. And I was like... You've known me a week, <laughs> and the you, the sugar mama who's giving you like five grand a month when you're on a call with yeah. her, you came and said my name. <laughs> like, you, you must have been doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, you know. Oh um, my god! But so yeah. when did you? Because yeah, you told me you broke the restraining order. At what point did you do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it when was, it was uh, about three months later. Oh, um, shit, I was, I don't he was know. your next door neighbor still. Uh, he, yeah. He's still living there. 
um, you know, I don't know. I was down bad, and I was like, you know, as scary as a motherfucker he was, I made it out of there alive. Yeah. I stood up to him, and he was he was drunk as fuck and didn't didn't Show actually do it. Like, you know, and he was such a good fuck. That's the thing that I always came back to <laughs> is he was such a good lay, yeah. like just insanely amazing. He was also like the perfect size to fit in me yeah. that it was just perfectly comfortable, but also also just big enough that like he was hitting that spot. <laughs> and what is that size? You know, uh, he, he was like a solid eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's nice. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't fit in me, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, no, dude, I'm cool yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that at the bar. You're like, have you ever had a finger in your asshole? I'm like, only mine, but only to clean it. That's about it, dude. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm cool with just cleaning myself. Nothing else yeah. bigger than just the pinky, you know. Yeah. So, so, and then, like, so how did you end that once you were wanting to get that fulfillment out of the way? You're like, all right, cool, I'm done with this cat, like. Um, I don't know. It was one of those things where, like, I hadn't really told a lot of my friends up until the, like, the the gun moment and everything yeah. about what was going on. And then at that point, I was like, I need to tell people about him. So if something happens to me, people know what happened to me. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, just I need to let people know, like, what the fuck is going on. So I started, you know, telling all my best friends and everything and kind of going through it with them. And uh, my uh, my friend that I had moved out with originally, who was 10 years older than me, kind of, like, sat me down and was like, you're going through it. Because, like, you know, I know you and you'll you'll do risky stuff. You'll do stuff for the bit. But, like, you stayed past the bit being funny. Yeah. You know, it was just like... And I, was, I admitted it. I was like, I'm doing fucking bad. Like, I, my entire time that I've been up in Flagstaff has been during COVID. The town hasn't been the same. It wasn't like, you know, growing up in Phoenix, I always loved Flagstaff. And I expected, yeah. like, I wanted to go up there because of, like, the Flagstaff experience. And it just wasn't that anymore since COVID. And so yeah. it was like, you know, I was just doing, I don't know, and, like, uh, just not doing well. And, like, you know, I had my coworkers and stuff who, like, you know, I was close with because obviously, you know, we're into the science stuff. You know, we work mm-hmm. together. And, like, there are cool people. But at the same time, like, I couldn't quite be myself around the them. Brutes. Not quite, but it's, like... Uh, like, I always like to make the joke that, like, I'm super homophobic and that I hate fags. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, like, one of my favorite things. And I, I kind of, like, kind of subtly dropped that joke one day. And one of my friends looked at me and <laughs> was like... serious. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, this isn't... Like, we can be friends at work, but, like, this is not going to... Outside, of outside work ain't yeah, going to happen. Because yeah, yeah. outside of work, you're going to think I'm a fucking bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. you're not going to like me anymore. And I was just like... You know, I already had, like, my friends that were down here that I'd known for, like, a while. Um, and so it was just easier to, like, come back down here and kind of, like, especially be able to, like, escape, like, because I was going out with him in Flagstaff constantly. Mm-hmm. It was during the summer. So it was, like, you know, I had a lot of memories with him at going out to the bars and stuff where I was just, like, I don't really need to be reminded of this fuck ass, like, yeah. every single time. Like, you know, it's fun to, like, tell the story when I want to tell the story, mm-hmm. but to, like, walk into a bar and, like, see something and be, like, ah, <laughs> like, there he is. it's different, you know? <laughs> Um, so, yeah. So, when did you move out here? Back uh, to so, I'm still technically living in Flagstaff. Really? But I only work uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, I'm just so commuting back and forth every really? week. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I've yeah. been doing that for about uh, four or five months now. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I drop a couple hundred on gas every month. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I do too, but for mm-hmm. the other reasons, for yeah. delivery, you know? But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, that's uh-huh. crazy, yep. dude. So... Like, when you're out there, where are you staying at? Do you, or do you just come back right away? 
Um, so I still have a, my apartment up there okay. um, because uh, the that I'm, is the one that's decorated to the max. Yeah, right? yeah. So okay. it's uh, I moved into off-campus student living, uh-huh. um, and so they only do leases uh, year-round for like the school year and everything. Yeah. Um, so I would have to pay the full remainder rent to break my lease, and like at that point, I'd rather just keep the apartment and be able to stay there two nights a week, yeah. you know, and have like, you know, wow. and at least have a place to like keep my stuff in the meantime, you know. But you're here a lot. Yeah. No, I'm here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. <laughs> yeah. So you're only in, uh, in Flagstaff for two days? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's some commitment right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> no wonder you want to leave there. You're like, I'd rather just stay down here yeah. and do my shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're teaching right now. You want to get out of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, teaching for a little bit and just kind of do your own thing for right now you're doing it here in phoenix Mm -hmm. you did mention the of Mm. (laughs) is that something that you're gonna that you're trying to pursue on the side Mm -hmm. or is that full-time or do you want to do the sugar daddy or sugar is it a sugar baby yeah, I'm a sugar full baby. Time. Yeah. Uh, I'd so, rather do that full time just because sugar baby. Yeah, because okay. it's it was something that I did for a while before. Yeah. But I was 17 at the time. What? But I had my fake ID. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. but it was something I where like I was definitely yeah. like purely a companion because I was underage. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. once so I'd, I'd see these guys for a few weeks at a time, and then once it hit the point where they're like, you need to put up, or like, I'm not paying you no more. I was like, <laughs> well, I guess you're not paying me anymore because I can't put up because you, like I, I'm not. I'm sorry. Some like, laundry for my 18th birthday. Yeah. Um, so you know, I kind of stopped doing it, um, and then uh, my second year in community college, I kind of picked it up again because I now I was of age and I was 19, um, and I was doing it for a bit. Um, but then I started taking like my science and math classes and everything. And okay. I just, I just got too busy and I was like, I don't have the time to give these men that attention. Yeah. And that's another reason why I kind of wanted to stop teaching just because it's like, I can't, I can't do both at once. Like there's just no way no. because especially the guys who are going to give me the serious money, they're going to call me up and be like, I'm seeing you tonight. And I have to be able to see them that night, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause that's how I'm going to be making my money. And were you worried that also maybe that your students maybe, you know, yeah, I was also concerned about that, that, that like if, you know, I didn't know how like the university would handle it if they found out about that and like but you know you're, you're doing this right now and everything is public. How do you feel mm-hmm. like this will like pan out for you in the future? Um, I mean, I hopefully have, it's far enough in the future. Yeah, right? well, I have, I have two weeks left of teaching. Okay, and then I'm done. So do you want? Yeah, I could wait on this two weeks. Oh no, you don't you're have cool? to. Okay, yeah. okay, I'm close enough to being done. Like, what the fuck are they gonna do? Fire me? I'm already two weeks close to being done. <laughs> okay, like, I've essentially already good. put in my two weeks notice, right. right? Like, yeah, <laughs> this is the two weeks notice. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Like. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm. So that that's cool, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm going to do a OnlyFans for myself. Too. I'm just getting out. Yeah. My, my feet are nasty. <laughs> hey. I got weird feet, guys. I yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. They're yeah. all like crooked like that girl's teeth you were making fun of last night. <laughs> You're like, I like how crooked your teeth are. She was like, oh, what? <laughs> I did. I thought her teeth were genuinely you know cute, what? though, because it's, so it it's so quirky. It's so quirky. Dude, she was like quirky as fuck. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy because I'm into the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Like I love crooked teeth on women mm-hmm. only because like I, I don't know they had to work with it. They had yeah. to be goofy mm-hmm. about yeah. it, you know what I mean? And then so like when you said that I was like, "Oh shit. You're right. Like yeah. I love her teeth too." Mm-hmm. Like that just makes the whole person it, for me at yeah. least like mm-hmm. 
that much cuter, you know? Because it's mean? like you have to learn how to work with it. Because it's like like when I was in high school, I was overweight. I had shaved head. I also was shaving my eyebrows, so I was like, look, no dude, fucking look, hair. I'm overweight and with a shaved head. Like, <laughs> but, I have to definitely work with it. Yeah, so it's like I had to make it work. I had to build up a personality. I had to be funny. I had to be entertaining. Um, and it just so happens that I became hot after that, which just adds. To <laughs> I'm, the whole still thing. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Well, it's also like now I feel like I can truly be like 100% who I am. Hell yeah. Because, I mean, there's a certain level of I am hot, so people will let me get away with it. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? And you have to keep telling yourself, mm-hmm. and then that way people are like, oh, yes, you are hot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I say that, they'd be like, what? <laughs> you're delusional, dude. Like, yeah. what? But but, also, like, you're trying to do the comedy thing, so at yeah, least you have, yeah, like, yeah. I'm a comedian, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's crazy because, like, I've been only been doing open mics, and, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, like, talking to like women lately, mm-hmm. so it's just been like, oh, like they like my set, you know. Like, yeah. Especially last night, you saw what yeah. happened. I was like, <laughs> they got digits last mm-hmm. night, but that was pretty fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I have to be my like awkward, like, like uh, creepy self. Mm-hmm. That's not creepy because like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll come off creepy right off the yeah. bat, but then they get to know me. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'll give you mm-hmm. my number. Cool. Like, yeah. yeah like, mm-hmm. so. Charismatic guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn, dude. So that's pretty cool. So. You're going to be doing this for as long as you feel like you're hot enough or, you know. Yeah, as long as I can, honestly, yeah. Because it, it's fun. And, like, I don't know, it was like you were asking me before, like, why I'm willing to, like, let guys, like, pick, like, my personality yeah, and, and stuff. I, I was, was like, trying to tread lightly. I, I don't. Oh, like, no, no, no. You know no. what I mean? Like, especially because of the users. I don't want them to be like, oh, this guy's a womanizer type <laughs> no. thing. But it's hard. It was hard for me to kind of, like, pick my words. That's why I was like, ah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's know? like, because it's like the attention that I get back. You like it. I like it. Yeah. I really like it. You know, and it's like, especially like when I meet a lot of guys in general, I definitely will, when I first meet them, not be quite myself because it's yeah. like, I want them to like me. I don't want them to look at me as like a bitch or well, mean or I like mean, whatever at first. You, when I first met but you, uh, also yeah. I was seeing someone low key. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, I didn't yeah, have yeah. a reason to like, oh, okay, okay. you know. So just in, in general. Then, yeah. In general. Oh, yeah. Like normally when I was going out alone before, like I met this guy, I was definitely much more subdued when people first okay, met me. Okay. And it took a couple times for people to kind of like see, get into who I am. But now that like, you know, I'm seeing someone, what the fuck do I care? Like I know true, I'm going true. home with him at the end of every night. Yeah, like yeah. I'm getting laid no matter what. So <laughs> what the fuck do I care what anyone else thinks about me at this point, exactly. right? <laughs> now you got yourself in the podcast. Uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> be yourself, guys. It does wonders. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. dude. And so, I mean, hopefully California works out for you. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a nice place. Mm-hmm. I want. I don't know. For some reason, I want to go back to, not mm-hmm. because I, I want to, but because my daughter wants that experience. Oh, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And... You know, like, fucking, I'm doing comedy right now. I mean, yeah, it's going to take me a while to get where I want yeah. to, but mm-hmm. hopefully within, like, the next, like, seven, eight, nine, whatever, how many years, yeah. I want to go do a set at the comedy store. I want to be able to yeah. be that good uh-huh. to do that shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope you try to do comedy, too, dude, because you have some interesting stories, man. I feel oh, like yeah. people who have, like, had, like, dealt, like, the fucking bad hand in life, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, they can make shit out of their lives, yeah. you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're... That one person I was talking to last night, she was also, like, dealt a bad hand. Like, mm-hmm. she was also caught up in some shit, like, some Me Too type shit, you know what yeah, I mean? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it does happen to a lot of girls out there, mm-hmm. and it fucking sucks. But, yeah. you know, instead of, like, playing the victim part, mm-hmm. and I get it, but, like, try to make something positive mm-hmm. out of it and make people yeah. laugh out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're, what you're Yeah, it's one of those things that's like, I've been sexually assaulted, raped, like, all that stuff, but it's like... 
I don't know. I'm a hot girl. I also put myself out there. Not that I'm saying that, like, I'm, like, you know. So you're proving I, everybody's no. point. Like, don't wear that short-ass no. skirt. Don't but wear like, that short skirt. Also, at a certain point, it touched. is, like, I am inviting a certain level of attention on myself, yeah. you know? And it's, like, there is a certain line where it's, like, you know, if a guy wants to touch my ass a little bit, maybe, like, feel me up a little bit, that's one thing. But it's, like, once they cross a certain line, it's, like, nah, that, that's totally different, you but know? But you're also inviting the the people that you want, like, mm-hmm. the people with money that are, you yeah. know, that are going to uh, give you the right attention, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which, for the most part, people with, mm-hmm. with money, they're going to be like, bitch, you got to earn this money mm-hmm. type of feel, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, like, dweebs at the bar, like, oh, my God, can you suck my dick? I'll buy you a drink yeah, type nah. of shit, you know what I mean? That's why I don't do my business at Gracie's. Gracie's is not go. the place to be doing it. it I just go there for fun. There's a bunch of weirdos out there, right? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, like, I see how, I don't know, going out there and seeing a lot of the cats out there and, like, the mm-hmm. way that they hold themselves just as, like, you know, social media, how, like, mm-hmm. oh, it plays a big part in their yeah. life. And she's like, nah, it doesn't, dude. Like, Mm-mm. you got to actually make shit happen for yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like, the people that I do connect with out there, are they actually have something going for them. Like, mm-hmm. they're doing music. They're doing yeah. art. And those are the people that I like find interesting. But the people that think that like oh like likes or like follows or what matters is like nah dude it doesn't. Mm. If you're gonna pop that pussy and you're gonna make money from it, mm. then I'll talk to you. you know yeah, what I mean? so that's all I was talking to you. So yeah. I was like yeah, dude, let's fucking make this shit mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. But hey, uh, this is where we're gonna end it. Yeah. But it was awesome talking to you, and uh, you know, like sometimes people just need to. I know, like, people who are, like, OnlyFans, some people, not yeah. all of them, but mm-hmm. people who do, like, OnlyFans or hookers or escorts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And this is why I have that bit about, mm-hmm. like, hookers being, yeah. like, the backbone of this country, mm-hmm. backbone of America. They're the mm-hmm. ones who help all those other fucking hardworking Americans yeah. be able to get their sexual frustrations mm-hmm. out, you know? Because everyone like, deserves companionship at the end of the exactly, day. Exactly, man. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, the person who pays or who mm-hmm. the pay- person who accepts that payment, mm-hmm. like... It feels good. Because it's a two-way relationship. Like, yeah, they're paying me, but yes, I'm getting money out of it. But at the same time, it's also like, like I've said before, I'm getting good stories out of it. I'm getting (laughs) bits. Like, I'm also like, once it reaches a certain point with these guys, I like actually get to see into their lives. And I'm always like, why me? Why why me? And like for the most people that you have come in contact with, Mm -hmm. is it like sad for the most part? Or... Because, you know, people are painted a certain mm-hmm. way. People who pay for, like, sex mm-hmm. workers or, like, that service, like, mm-hmm. they're looked at as the the new words incels, you know what I mean? Or, like, or like sims yeah. or something and like I don't, that. I don't like that, especially because I do, like, the sugar baby thing in particular. And the majority of sugar daddies that I've met are actually very charismatic people who yeah. I'm like, why are you paying me? Like, if I met time. you out in public, I would go home with you naturally. <laughs> but like you said, there are people that are doing well with their life. Yeah. They have other more important things going on. A lot of them either have wives or ex-wives or kids or like whatever they have real stuff that's going on in their life where it's like they're not going to go out on bars random nights of the week to try to find a woman like they want something a little bit more discreet that they they know what they're getting into right off the bat you know where it's not like oh we're playing around for a couple months before like you know they're like they want something they know what they want and they are willing to put the money and the effort out until getting it and i am more than welcome to be that person that's awesome (laughs) I wish I could do that. <laughs> but that's why I just do it on stage now. Or like, or like at an open mic. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, hopefully you guys buy a drink or whatever. You know. Yeah. But thank you very much for coming out. I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, I know we just good. only, I just met you like oh, fucking yeah. last week. Mm. And I'm like, all right, you want to be on a podcast? Let's yeah. fucking do this. Like, fuck, dude. I even told my dad, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a fucking uh, OnlyFans type person come to my fucking podcast. Like, I'm pretty stoked about yeah. it. 
I just don't know how many words specific thing is. You know, yeah. like, hey, so uh, why do you like guys manhandling you type <laughs> shit? You know what I mean, so. But thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, this was great. I'm glad we got to talk. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm sorry I didn't post an episode uh, this week, but this one's going out, you know, as scheduled. And uh, if you guys have any questions, go ahead and um, email me, message me on Instagram or whatever. Do you want to plug anything? Do you want to put anything out there? For the most part, you're pretty private, right? Yeah, for, at the moment, yeah. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Me too. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm just kidding. It's yeah. fucking Ascendas, A-S-C-E-N-D-A-Z on Instagram, uh, Confessions of a Clown, obviously, and Benjamin V. Mejia at Yahoo.com if you guys... Or if you guys want to send me some donations, please do that, dude. Like on Venmo, it's located in my Instagram, so I'm broke. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was awesome, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dude, yeah, that was dope.